0: Hi everyone, my name is Jessica Mugis, and I am the host and creator of the Kids Yoga Podcast, and I am so excited to tell you about my new Patreon page. If you are a loyal listener and you've been listening for a while, I'd love for you to go check it out. So it's a monthly subscription service, and there are different tiers, and for each tier you will get added benefits. These include early access to episodes, bonus content from interviews that you haven't heard yet and my most exciting is a community of kids yoga teachers that will meet monthly and I will be there to moderate and we will discuss our challenges, our questions, the biggest rewards, and I'll have former guests join us and you can ask them questions in real time. I'm really excited about this. So if you're interested, I would love for you to check out the page. I want to keep this podcast going, and I just need a little help to do that. Thanks so much. Hi, and welcome to the Kids Yoga Podcast, the place for all things kids yoga. My name is Jessica Mujis, and after teaching kids yoga for over a decade and being immersed in the industry, I created this podcast as a warm and supportive place for parents teachers, caregivers, and kids' yoga professionals to gather. Episodes include conversations with kids' yoga teachers, business owners, and authors, child development experts, informational episodes on specific kids' yoga topics, yoga adventures for children, and even the voices of children themselves. It is my hope that you can come here each week and gain inspiration and form connection with your fellow Kids Yoga community. Welcome to the Kids Yoga podcast. I'm so glad you're here. Hi and welcome back to another episode of the Kids Yoga podcast. I'm Jessica, and this week I am joined by Insia Palmieri. She is a guest who I have been wanting to have on for quite some time now, and I'm so glad we can finally connect. Insia is a graduate of political science from York University, and holds a Master of Science in Education degree from Medale College. She completed her yoga trainings from Rainbow Kids Yoga and Radiant Child Yoga, and Postnatal Yoga from Toronto Yoga Mamas, 200-hour yoga teacher training from Karma Teachers, and she is Yoga Alliance designated E-R-Y-T 200, and Y-A-C-E-P. She has been teaching yoga to kids and families for five years across studios, communities, and schools. Formerly, she owned a kids' yoga studio in Toronto. She is now the owner and founder of Once Upon a Mat, bringing yoga, storytelling, relaxation, and fun through movement and mindfulness to kids. She's qualified and experienced in primary, junior montessori and special education she has a kids yoga teacher training program offers yoga and mindfulness training to educators has developed a mindfulness curriculum program called once upon a rainbow a toddler program called calm me and has developed a set of affirmation cards for boys Incia, welcome to the show thank you for having me Yes. Thanks for being here. I want to hear about your yoga journey and where it started. So when did you first find yoga and then how did it impact your life? So
1: believe it or not, I found yoga as an adult, as I think most of us in Mm -hmm. who are now yoga teachers um, found yoga. So it was for me, it was actually, I would say early twenties. And um, I actually found it, um, on the lunch hour. So there was a studio right across from where I worked. And they had like a power yoga class, 45 minutes. I was like, this is perfect. Um, At that time, I had a a job that was actually quite stressful. So I was like, this is a great way to unwind over the lunch hour, let's go do this. And obviously, instantaneously fell in love with yoga. So yoga for me was, you know, something that I came to my mat with to just kind of, you know, unwind and just let go, like the power of just kind of surrendering to the mat. Um, And I absolutely loved it. Um, I've tried everything in terms of you know, something for both physically and mentally, um, and how to de-, de stress. And I think yoga just kind of spoke to me in so many ways because it was just not something that you do for that, you know, hour or forty five minutes. It's kind of taking it along with you and along your day. So I think it, the days that I did it, I just I came back after lunch and I was like, ah, oh, I feel so renewed. So that yes. was my sort of connection with yoga. Just curious, what what was your job at the time? So I was actually I used to work um, as uh, I was in the humanitarian sector. So mm-hmm. at that time, I was working with um, the United Nations, like an associate of the United Nations here in Toronto, where I live, and uh, we were actually. Um, I was actually a coordinator for the World AIDS Conferences that happened so we were working on uh, a conference that was hosting youth um, and the focus was obviously um, HIV AIDS and um, the conference was in Toronto that, that year so we were hosting thousands of youth that year It was a, um a quite a stressful mm-hmm. work um, because it was coordinating not just people that were flying into the city, but also um, conferences that were happening, events that were happening. So it was a very fast paced job. Um, and yeah, some of my colleagues were like, Hey, I've been trying yoga at the, mm. at the lunch hour. You want to, want to come? And I was like, sure.
0: Yeah. I'm in. <laughs> Wow. So that's so great. You found that and they had that little lunch hour yoga. That was perfect for you at the time. So how did, yeah. so how did, We get from that job and finding yoga during lunch to then you deciding that you wanted to teach yoga and share it with children. So teaching, actually, I'm an elementary
1: school teacher as well, so that's my background um, now. So I first worked in the humanitarian sector, um, and I was actually in, in New York City for quite some time, and I did the inter- uh, did an internship at the UN. Um, and then I went into, when I came back here, I actually worked for UNICEF, and um, that's when I went into classrooms, and, and I was having that um, interactive experience with with children in the classroom. And I felt like that was my calling. I wanted to be a teacher. Uh, So I went back to school and got my master's in education, and then I started teaching. Um, So it was, I would say, probably um, my second year in teaching, and I had a full classroom. I had 27 students uh, with diverse needs, and um, it was a busy classroom. And immediately to me, what came to mind was the fact that hey, when I was having, you know, a rough time at work, or just finding a way to connect with emotions. And um, I just wanted to add a tool to my classroom as a teacher. And I was like, I want to connect these children to yoga. So I tried to look for um, kids yoga training. Uh, Because I felt like that was the best way rather than, you know, doing um, a teacher yoga training or doing my 200 hours. So I started to look for um, kids yoga trainings and I found one and um, I did my training in 2014 and then um, started to implement it into my classroom. And I just loved how it just changed the culture of my classroom. Uh, You know, kids were resonating with it. They were asking for it. They would remind me of it. they were actually very excited when we would have yoga in the classroom and uh, we would even do it during um, phys ed time. And at that time, you know, physite was more about just active movement and learning all these different athletic skills than it was to kind of quiet the mind and, and do these slow movements. Um, and that was sort of my way of bringing yoga into my classroom as a teacher and when i once i got certified um i just immediately thought hey other classrooms need this you know other kids need this other teachers need to know about this so um that's when it kind of um sparked the idea of creating my own business and Mm -hmm. um that's where once upon a mat came around and i I started off with, you know, teaching in community centers, teaching um, after school programs. And that's where Once Upon a Mat began. It was sort of like a part time thing that I I wanted to do to just connect with kids in classrooms. And I thought that was the best way to bring yoga to kids in that school moment, in that school environment. Something they're there for a majority of their day now. So something that is uh, available to them.
0: So did are you now full-time with Once Upon a Mat? Did you end up leaving the teaching or are you still teaching?
1: So I kind of have gone back and forth. My journey with Once Upon a Mat has been um, ever-changing. Mm-hmm. And the last couple of years have, you know, changed it even more. So um, I, I had it part-time um, and then I kind of left and embraced it full-time. So Once Upon a Mat was full-time uh, for about uh, three years and so I left teaching. And the reason I did that is because I opened up um, the first kids yoga studio in, um, in a little outside of uh, Toronto um, in the city that um, I actually taught in. Um, and so I opened up uh, the very first kids yoga studio because I wanted an environment for kids to kind of come and feel like they have a space that's theirs. Um, I found that when I was teaching at adult yoga studios, kids couldn't be themselves in adult yoga studios and the reality is is because you know adult um, yoga is very different looks feels mm-hmm. and sounds very different to kids yoga and I found that it was challenging to teach in adult yoga studios because I always had to you know have them watch their uh, inner voice or their quiet voice or we, we couldn't jump and we couldn't dance and we couldn't yeah. do all of those amazing things that the kids yoga world offers and so I had a vision of you know having my own space and offering all these wonderful programs so when I did have the studio for two years I offered everything from prenatal yoga all the way to tween yoga and we did you know creative ideas like yoga camp and yoga birthday parties and um, different events and then after two years of doing that I actually did close down the studio. And the reality of it was that um you know i first and foremost as a small business you kind of have to always step back a little and and be like i'm doing this full time am i meeting my financial goals is this taking me where i need to go um and i kind of had to reevaluate that and think about uh you know was it a sustainable business model and then secondly i became a new mom so Hmm. That was even harder because I was kind of, you know, small business is running the studio space. I was doing everything from marketing to program creation to teaching it to, uh, you know, ma- the maintenance of the of the space. So I found that it was quite challenging because I went back to the studio space after um, after seven weeks of giving birth. So, oh my goodness. <laughs> so I was like, hmm, I kind of have to step back a little, <laughs> you know. As moms, your your reality changes and things change. So. I kind of scaled back and uh, for me, it was it was a bittersweet moment because I did give up the space, but then I just took whatever worked in the studio space for me and for families and for, for the community that I was servicing and just took those ideas and developed them into programs that I was able to offer in other communities. So although I wasn't able to offer um, something in the community that I was in, I kind of just went all over the city then and was able to offer it to other communities as well so kind of I, I looked at it as uh, you know if one door closes another one opens so and it just gave me great experience of you know the kids um, yoga business side of things because I think that a lot of us um, you know don't really know that reality till we actually get to it and then we find out you know Do the numbers match? Is this a sustainable business model? Um, All of that, because you do want to offer something that is um, just something that's amazing to our children, but you also want to know, is this uh, going to be uh, a sustainable livelihood method? Like, is this going Mm -hmm. to, you know, uh, work out for me? So I think that's just what you learn with the kids yoga
0: business world as well. That is huge. That's something that I'm glad you're bringing up. Because I I also had the experience, I was with Yogi Beans for a very long time and they had, I was with them before a studio space and then they had a studio space in Manhattan. Mm -hmm. And then the studio space closed and, you know, the company is still thriving and, you know, all over the place. But I saw how hard having that physical space can be. I think kids yoga studios and adult yoga studios, honestly, I see all the time that it's, it's just, it's a very tough, um, like you said, the, the financials and like the amount of energy put in, Uh it's very hard to match that, um, at this point in time. And that's something I hope changes. And like, one of the reasons I want to bring so much light to kids yoga is that it's such a valuable skill and a valuable, um, just practice that we're passing on to kids, but I not, many people know that so then the value is not attached to it and then we're not getting paid enough and we're putting in I mean the amount of energy it takes just to teach a lot but then you were running the studio and you're like you said you're doing the marketing there's a lot 7 weeks after giving birth when you're still recovering and then you you're diving back into teaching kids yoga which is a very physical career. Right. So I'm sure like for you, you're jumping around. It's like, that's not really what you don't want to be moving like that necessarily depending, you know, everyone heals differently, but, um, that soon after giving birth. So thank you for bringing that up. I want people to know that, like, that if you're struggling in the way that your business is created right now, that there's so many ways that you can adapt and change and, I think since it's relatively new, we're all kind of experimenting with what works and what doesn't, but I'm so glad you, you were listening to yourself and saying, you know what, it's time to just, you know, like you said, close this door and and move on. Absolutely. And I feel like, you know, as kids yoga teachers,
1: we also are constantly highlighting, um, you know, like you mentioned the value of of kids yoga, because it's not, um, it's not a skill that is visible right away. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. just like how um, other extracurricular activities are and our um, value like swimming or dance or soccer, um, because there are levels or there are medals or there's, you know, yes. certain achievements that um, are quite um, acquired in our very competitive society. And, um, you know, parents kind of thrive to look towards those. And I always have to, you know, remind um, our parent community to be like, there's you might not see you might see the physical aspects of yoga with, you know, your children learning different movements, but you might not see that internal work that's happening with self-esteem and with confidence building and with kindness and gratitude and with, you know, just being able to appreciate your body. So as, and, and as a business, that's, that's hard because, you know, it's not really Um, matching in terms of other extracurricular businesses do thrive and they grow and they franchise and all of that but the kids yoga world is very different because you know it's non-competitive and it's it's very much a individual activity as opposed to a group activity Um, and so it's harder to you know uh, break through in a way to be the sort of thriving business Um, but I'm hoping that we're getting there you know we're kind of when I first started in 2015, like kids' yoga was still very much, um, you know, not really known, and it, there was there was a lot of taboo around it. There was a lot of misconceptions around it, and I'm happy to see that over the years, it's it's changed and it's evolving. It's becoming more mainstream, and you know, the value of it both um, in our homes and in our schools is getting known. But as um, individuals like you and I who are offering it as uh, something that is connected to our livelihood, it's harder because you um, have to sometimes take reality into account and be like, you know, I'm number crunching. Is this Mm -hmm. really the effort that I'm putting in? Is it it, it matching with what I'm receiving back?
0: Yes, it's so important to step back and, and reevaluate sometimes, I think, because all of us love it so much and we're so passionate about it. I know I have, and I know I've talked to people who've gotten lost in it Mm -hmm. to the point of complete burnout. Yeah. um, Because we care so much about the kids, but the reality is, if if we're then running on fumes and we're not, you know, taking care of ourselves ultimately, then that's not good for anybody. That's not going to, you know, we're not going to be of service. So, um, just I'm so I'm just so glad that you brought this up and that people listening i'm i'm sure people listening can relate so much to this to you know finding the the right path for them in the field and i do think there's like you said it's changing just in the last few years like you know i've been doing this 12 years and yeah as how far we've come it's it's amazing i also hope that since kids now have been practicing some kids have been practicing for 10 years that we can see what, how this is impacting children. You know, I, I know some of the kids I taught are now teenagers. So it's like, I'd be curious to know what they learned back then, how that's impacting them today. Like you said, it's not always visible and, you know, we don't, we don't get a black belt. We don't move on like that, but these, these lessons and seeds that we plant are just invaluable and they're going to, they're going to come up. So I, I think we're getting there. I I'm, yeah. I'm, sometimes I get impatient. I'm like, "Come on, let's let's get this moving." <laughs> but we're doing good. We're doing good. And All so right. I want I want to hear about your work. So there's a few things I, I noticed um, that you do. So you, I was interested in hearing about the toddler program, um, Calm Me. So the mindfulness program for toddlers. Personally, I love toddlers, and I love working with toddlers. And I also know a lot of people are like no way, like, that's, that's, I, I don't, you know, they don't even know they, they're overwhelmed. Um, but it's such a unique time of development. And um, so I'm interested to hear what does your mindfulness program for that age look like?
1: Absolutely. So actually toddler, um, the toddler group is my favorite group. And when I became certified um, as a teacher, I actually thought I might resonate with, you know, teenagers or that sort of older age group between eight to 10. But as I started to teach in my studio space and and develop programs for um, kids of all ages, I found the toddlers was just something that um, really spoke to my heart because it's just such an ever evolving stage. And I feel like it's the beginning stage of being able to understand those big feelings and, uh, you know, label those emotions and how to um, deal with them. Because, you know, we often. And, and that's why the name Calm Me came around, because we often tell kids, like, calm down. But we've never really taught them how and what that means and what that looks like and what could you do. Um, and so I developed this program really at the a leg end of me kind of transitioning out of my studio space and and took it to offer it to other communities. And um, it came around from my background of, of being a teacher and kind of seeing within that kindergarten stage as to, um, you know, lots of emotions that um, children have at the, the very beginning of that school stage that they start at, at kindergarten. And that's why this program is for ages two to four because it starts them young. Um, it, it sort of uh, is a program that has a purpose to it. It has um, a, an, an intent to it. So it's taking toddlers in, taking what they enjoy, the idea of play, and seeing everything through a lens of mindfulness. So teaching them breath as young as two, uh, teaching them movement as young as two, um, and doing it through the, through the curriculum. So I do a lot of literacy and a lot of um, incorporation of, of books. And, and we learn about numbers and we do it through so that that stage that toddlers love learning and they can do it through a mindful lens. So the program is very colorful and um, it has a lot of different pieces to it where we learn about senses and we learn about um, you know how to connect with our five senses and we learn about movement and how do we do that on a daily basis? How can we stretch our bodies? And we learn about different ways that you can breathe. And I find with the toddler age group, um, props are so important because you want them to be visual. So this program sort of incorporates something that's play-based, something that is fast paced uh, because that's, you know, toddlers are are busy. Um, And so what I wanted to do was to offer this to um, not just, you know, caregivers, um, parents, but also schools so that they can start um, incorporating this in their environment as early as preschool and use it as um, a tool that they can um, do, have learning happen through a lens of mindfulness. So my vision was like, how beautiful would it be that our kids go to preschool and they, you know, they start their morning with a meditation and, um, you know, they do simple things that toddlers are able to do um, and incorporate just, um, you know, some calm and quiet time. So I developed the program and I taught it in a few different communities. And and then I had interest in people just wanting to offer it in their communities. So um, I kind of just developed a guide and it's now available online. So it is um, available for purchase. So there's a guide, there's a weekly program, there's affirmations that you can use with it. And it can really be incorporated in any environment that has toddlers. So whether it's a home daycare, daycare, preschool, um, early kindergarten uh, because I think that it's important to start young it's important to start as young as toddlers and I always get that question as a kids yoga teacher how do you teach them or mm-hmm. can toddlers even do yoga or uh, and and my question is always yes they're they're perfect stage to kind of incorporate that because they're so they're like sponges and they're so ready to learn and be curious and this is the best way to you know get them to be curious about um, ways that can kind of calm them down Um, and even if it's you know one one piece that they take away whether it's using breath or whether it's using movement or whether it's finding some quiet time you know I always say like shavasan for a toddler is like three seconds but that's beauty in three seconds (laughs)
0: um
1: so you know just i I find that it's always um great to even model it so i like that um the program is incorporating um also interaction between an adult and a toddler so that there's some um you know modeling that's happening about how to do it as opposed to them kind of just knowing it intuitively because they
0: don't Mm hmm um, yeah so it, that was my so idea I'm glad I'm glad that you then created that it sounds like so then people can purchase and because like you said so many people are just at a loss of understandably of what to do with toddlers but it sounds like you organized it well and tested it out and then it can be incorporated in different yeah places. so I
1: have a few different um, kids yoga teachers and a few different teachers that have incorporated in their communities mm-hmm. uh, you know across the world so Australia and Right here in Canada, in in a community, um, and then in Dominican Republic, and uh, I just recently had someone that um, I uh, trained the program in, and she's in a small island in Europe, in Malta. So she's incorporating it. So I think a lot of um, a lot of kids yoga teachers, especially, they they sort of feel a bit overwhelmed about the toddler age group because uh, it does require a lot of patience. And I think as adults, I always say it's the best age group to teach because you're just kind of you know practicing that that mindfulness with them as you're doing it so that was my idea behind calm me because I just I love toddlers and and I feel that starting them young is the best way to get their journey for yoga and mindfulness started
0: yes I completely agree 100 percent. my young my son is two so he's like right in that prime toddler stage I mean the, the amount of uh, wonder that they have and just like yeah. enthusiasm, um, whatever you're going to present to them at that age, they they're open to. So why not present these skills that they can have, you know, for their life, just planting those seeds that even just them becoming aware of like breathing, you know, of taking a deep breath, that's huge. That's huge Absolutely. to take with them.
1: Yeah, my son's also too, and like oh, you know, yeah. he yeah, and he's learned candle breath, and right. you know, we've learned a few affirmations, and so I always say like if you're doing it consistently, and if you're doing it together with them, uh, they'll definitely pick up on it, and they'll be able to show it, and um, you know, keep it as like, we started doing candle breath when he was 13 months, and now mm-hmm. at two, I just have to say, it, show me a candle breath, and he does it, so it's right. it's really beautiful to see that.
0: Now, is he the inspiration for your affirmations for boys cards? Because yeah. I loved those. I saw those on your site. So tell me about those. So like I said, you know, we, we've been...
1: He knows affirmations. We've been practicing it for some time. I love affirmations. I incorporate them in all of my programs. and I just find it's a great way for for children to mindfully think about themselves every day. Um, and so when we started doing affirmations, there's some beautiful ones that are out there. Um, but I just found that um, as we started to you know practice them and say them, um, I sort of found the same messaging. For boys, and um, I was having a little bit of of a struggle with it because I wanted him to go beyond just being a boy that thinks he's brave and thinks he's powerful and thinks he's, uh, you know, just strong and he can do anything. Um, And so you know, there were words like I'm kind and, and all of those, but I wanted him to just sort of think beyond that masculine lens, and mm. I couldn't find anything. So I just, I created them. <laughs> <laughs> um So I, you know, I um, partnered up with a beautiful illustrator, um uh, Julia um, Galata, and, uh, you know, we kind of just talked about what this project would look like and what I wanted these cards to have. And I wanted them to have, uh, you know, some vulnerability for boys and I wanted boys to connect with their feelings. And I wanted to go beyond just uh, you know, what you see or boys see, Um, themselves as so I wanted boys to connect with their feelings and and know that it's okay to cry and know that it's okay to be sad and know that you can do things that are beyond gender stereotypes so you know you you can cook and you can clean and and you can do all of these things um, you know that you don't just have to stay in that boy shell and and do things that um, that we often just hear that boys are and are capable and can do um, so there's a set of 19 cards and they are just they speak to boys where you know they the pictures match the words and it talks about uh you know being caring and, and connecting with themselves so there's um cards that really just speak to you know boys having that social and emotional side to them and that they can embrace that and that it's okay Um, I also wanted the cards to be diverse, so I wanted them to represent little boys who are able to see themselves in the cards and not just, um, you know, just... I wanted boys to connect with them and that that little boy looks like me and yes, I can feel that way or I can be that way. Um, so that's what the set of cards are. They're actually in 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 pre-order um, phase and they are in my shop and they are available and I'm hoping that they sort of spark that conversation that we want to have with our boys. Um, each card comes with a prompt and um, not only can you see the affirmations and and talk about them. But there's some questions that that are at the bottom that allow, you know, parents and educators to have those conversations with boys and think about themselves in in other ways. So um, yeah, I'm excited to, you know, actually get them out to boys and, and, you know, have them resonate with uh, boy moms who are looking to raise boys that, uh, you know, kind of push the envelope a little and and uh, challenge gender stereotypes and have boys that are a different type of of generation that we want to raise.
0: Yes, that's so important. And so it's so wonderful that you created this these four boys because it's, they see themselves and it's four boys and they feel seen and then there's this these messages that when you're saying that it's so true like even with um, clothing like the patterns that are on boys clothes and girls clothes. I just having a girl and a boy, I noticed and I'm like, it's so kind of arbitrary, like that his clothes have have monsters on them. And my daughters, they had flowers. And it's not that, you know, these things are small, but you start to notice it everywhere. Like these subtle messages of like, like you said, boys are strong and brave and, and they are, but then there's all these other things, you know, we want to raise our, our girls and our boys to be full human beings that Absolutely. aren't right stuck Absolutely. to these kind of labels. Yeah.
1: But you can't just, you know, that softness shouldn't just be for girls mm-hmm. um, or like those dinosaurs should not just be for boys. And, and like I said, I struggle with that when I, and I still do sometimes when I'm shopping because there's, you know, just that, boy and girl and, you know, pink and blue or unicorns and, and, um, you know, race cars. And it's like, I want it to go beyond that. So even within the cards, you know, there's, there's um, images or illustrations that like there is a boy in, in the cards and he is playing with unicorns because unicorns aren't just for girls. And, you know, there, there is a boy and he has butterfly wings on because dress up is not just for girls. Mm -hmm. And I think that we need to, um, you know, think about all of those details when we're bringing up boys. Yes, you can definitely have those, uh, you know, empowering qualities, both boys and girls, but it's okay to cry as a boy and not be told that, um, you're strong and and boys don't cry and, you know, Mm -hmm. just, just don't do that. Um, because it is about embracing that vulnerability, um, and know that it's okay, know that it will be accepted and know that it's, you know, an emotional outlet for boys is just as meaningful and powerful as it is for for girls or women. So Mm -hmm. for me, it was, you know, starting young, so it's the age group for it is three to seven. And it is again, you know, starting young and letting our boys know that, um, you know, you you aren't alone. And when you're going through all these emotions that, um, you know, you will be seen and you will be heard. And, um, you know, as a parent or an educator, I'm there for you.
0: Yes. Yeah. Well, love it. I'm gonna have to put my order in, my pre-order in for my son. <laughs> like, I love the sound of this. Um, before okay. I get to our last question, their other program. You have a lot. Everyone, go to her website. Once <laughs> upon, you know, um, once upon a mat. But there's once upon a rainbow. And I loved how you said, um, in a post, you said, forward thinking, connecting children to cultures, diversity, mindfulness, and most of all, kindness to our earth, to themselves and to each other. So I I thought that was beautiful. So can you just tell us a bit about that program, Once Upon a Rainbow, and what that is?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So Once Upon a Rainbow actually, um, you know, was a program that I had envisioned uh, before I opened up the Kids Yoga Studio, because um, I envisioned you know, I used to teach a lot of outdoor classes, outdoor kids yoga classes, and I loved it, just connecting with nature and and kids being outdoors and, and uh, connecting with um, just the sheer outdoor environment. And so um, last year, um, when we were encouraged to do programs outdoors, um, I thought this is my opportunity. So I worked on Once Upon a Rainbow. Um, It was a program that Kind of brings together both of my worlds, teaching and yoga and mindfulness. So it's a program that um, connects kids to nature and mindfulness, but does it through a curriculum. Um, because I find that um, as a kids yoga teacher, and you know, I, I've been seeing it year after year, is uh, yoga and mindfulness needs to be in our curriculum. It needs to be something that's offered to our children every day, just like recess and Mm -hmm. lunch and, uh, you know, language and numeracy. It's something that needs to be incorporated in our school day. It's not just an activity that needs to be done perhaps just to give kids a break or to incorporate in our physical education. It needs to be done every day. And as an, uh, as a teacher, I've, I've done it on my own accord in my own classrooms over the years, but um, I have found that it's still, um, not there. So I wanted to create a program that was curriculum based and would connect kids back to nature. Um, our kids are spending more and more time indoors and last year's reality was, uh, you know, kind of set us back as well. Um, and, you know, we are spending a lot of time, um, in front of screens and, and, even more so within the last year. So I wanted to get kids out and I wanted to get them connected with, um, you know, just everything that nature has to offer because it's so mindful to just even see how um, the works of nature happen on a day-to-day. So um, I put together this program, offered it last year. And the idea behind this program was to um, just have children appreciate our environment. Um, and the, the reality is that our, our children are our future. So if we aren't teaching them the things that we would like to see, you know, in 25 years from now, then it, they won't really come become a reality. And so for me, this program was special because it's about connecting um, and learning um, all of the different ways that we teach the curriculum, but teaching it in a more um, holistic way and to be able to connect to themselves. and. Um, something that I wasn't seeing in, in schools and really this is a program that would be my dream job to just teach uh, kids on a day to day, you know, connecting with how the uh, the works of, uh, of our earth happen and Uh, to get them to appreciate, uh, you know, the land that they're on and to get them to be able to see mindfully um, all of the magic that happens in nature Um, and then to do it mindfully. So to do it with, you know, incorporating of um, yoga and incorporating of mindfulness. So the program, you know, has pieces to it that are about, you know, beginning your day with a meditation and um, doing art and literacy and science all through a mindful lens. And I feel like if we don't interweave this into our curriculum, that our children will kind of um, not get those life lessons that we want them to create a world um, that we would like to see, to you know, have all of those qualities of, of being kind. And I think the last year has just kind of brought together... So much um, that I, I felt it was the perfect time to launch a program like this. And the reason why I actually called it Once Upon a Rainbow is because rainbows were a symbol of of what our world looked like in 2019 and 2020. And, uh, you know, sort of our, our rainbow and our happy mm-hmm. ending. And I, I see the children that I teach this program to as our rainbow and our happy ending because they are our future and they are who will kind of elevate to how we want our thoughts to change for the future and how we want to raise our children and how we want them to learn about, uh, you know, different people and different cultures and um, all of those different topics that we as human beings have kind of harshly been faced with in the last year and a half. I think um, just everything kind of was at below the surface and came up to the top. And I feel like uh, now is the opportunity to, um, you know, teach our children that you know this is this is how we could move forward and it comes with being able to connect to yourself first and being able to be kind to you and kind to everyone around you and then it kind of creates that ripple effect that we would want to see Mm
0: -hmm. in the world
1: Um, and so yeah this I mean this this program is just so special to me because it just brings together both my worlds and and how I'd like them to um, go going forward, teaching and, and combining yoga and mindfulness.
0: Yeah, well, it's absolutely beautiful. And it's, it's, as you were saying, it's so timely. And this is the time now that we're coming out of this slowly, out of this pandemic, you know, it's still going, We're we're, you know, we're getting, we're starting to step out of it. It's, this is the time to reflect on how do we wanna move forward? how you know what what's the world that you're saying that we want to create for our children like because we really everything came to the surface we can't ignore it and I mean you could you could choose to just go back to the way things were but this is the time it's such an important time right now so to start that program I think is just wonderful
1: absolutely yeah I thought just you know if we want to have a progressive world then we need to start thinking about progressive ways and progressive things that we want to Mm -hmm. Teach our children. So mm-hmm. the program is ideally for ages three to seven. Um, you know, just kind of in and around my favorite age group, and right. um, you know, we kind of just immerse ourselves into doing things from a very nature-focused and mindful lens.
0: Great. Well, again, everyone go to go to her website, and I'll have you give it at the end of the episode too. <laughs> you can see more Absolutely. about this. So, having been in kids yoga for so long, I would love to hear your kid's yoga gym. So if you were to offer one piece of advice to someone sharing yoga with children, what would it be?
1: My advice would be to, um, you know, start small. So start somewhere. I find that whenever we are learning a new skill or we are embracing something that might be outside of our comfort zone um, that we might get overwhelmed. So I always tell kids yoga teachers and educators and parents that start small, uh, be consistent, um, you know, pick it up as a habit so that it becomes something that you are doing on a daily um, and that's how it becomes a part of your lifestyle, because that's the main aim of yoga and mindfulness is to, um, you know, not just have it be something that's active or that you're doing to, you know, be in the fitness world. Um, it's more about just, you know, yoga on your mat. It's taking whatever uh, discipline or practice you're doing on, on yoga mat and then taking it off your mat and taking it with you wherever you go. So, you know, you're practicing yoga in a grocery line, or you're practicing yoga while driving. And there's so many moments that you can actually reflect on how yoga can be a part of your life. So start small, um, be consistent and do it together. I find that, you know, yoga itself is is unity, it's union, it's community. And so I always tell parents and educators do it together. Uh, you know, make it um, either a family activity that you do together. And it does not have to be that hour that, you know, people usually think that it needs to be. It can be five minutes in your day, Um, you know, whether it's doing something quickly at breakfast time, breath work, whether it's, you know, dropping the kids off before school and you're, you know, doing an affirmation or doing a little bit of breathing um, or if it's something before bedtime. Um, So, I always say do it together because it just be- becomes something that um, is just so much more joyful when you're doing it um, together. And then, lastly, start young. You know, I I read affirmations to my belly, so it's <laughs> never you never to, It's never to Um, early and that's always the question that I get from you know educators and can I do yoga and mindfulness with my infant absolutely Um, and I feel like you know in the postpartum stage like as mums we needed more than perhaps babies do because our day is just so Mm -hmm. rushed and full and it kind of just like brings you back to that moment and brings you back to how you can kind of you know use it for yourself as well so you know, you can start at any stage in your life, but start young because they're they're they are um, more embracing and more accepting of it when it when they see it consistently and they see it as a as a uh, activity that you do together.
0: Love all that, love all that. I'm like I'm like put it in a book. You gotta, <laughs> you I I loved um, talking to you and connecting with you. Um, I want people to find you. So where are all the the websites, the social media, all of that?
1: Absolutely. So um, I have a website, and it's onceuponamat.ca. And that's where you can find all the programs and services that I offer. Um, Since my business has evolved, I've kind of just, I'm offering um, a kids yoga teacher training now that's, that's sort of Um, target it towards parents who would like to, um, you know, start with teaching kids yoga um, within their own home. Like you don't have to be a kids yoga teacher in front of a class or educators who want to incorporate in their classroom. Um, Once Upon a Boy Affirmation Cards and Once Upon a Rainbow. And um, I also um, offer the Kami program in, in my shop now. And this year, actually, for the first time, um, I'm offering um, a, a teacher retreat because I wanted to just give back to the teacher community and I wanted to do something for them and being an educator myself. So I'm actually having a little retreat this year and we'll see how it goes. And it might be something that we do uh, on a consistent basis, but to you know have teachers kind of connect with themselves so that as an educator, if you're trying to incorporate yoga and mindfulness in your classroom, that you are kind of filling your bucket up this mm-hmm. year so that when you go back in September with uh, or August with a renewed um, vision of what um, that looks like in your classroom, and have to kind of connect with, you know, just your own mental health, but your students' mental health. Um, so that all can be found on the website. I'm also on Instagram. Um, I am quite active on there. So the handle is at Once Upon a Mat um, and pretty much those are sort of the two ways that you can connect with me. I do all of my writing and marketing. So um, if you, you know, and if anyone ever has a question, they can always just like email me or DM me and I'm happy to connect with them.
0: Beautiful. Thank you. Thank you so much for, for being on and sharing your wisdom and keep on doing the work that you are doing.
1: Thank you, Jessica. And I want to say thank you for this platform. You know, as kids yoga teachers, there isn't a lot of visibility for us. So I think that, uh, you know, just having a podcast, I remember when I came across your podcast, you um, I was just super excited about it because I was like, yes, finally, you know, it's an, an outlet for kids, yoga teachers. Cause I feel like we kind of just are, are working in the backgrounds or we just kind of get our training and we kind of just disappear. A little. Yes. Some of us get yes. discouraged. Some of us find the journey too lonely. Some mm-hmm. of us, you know, just kind of divert and, and, and do something else. But um, thank you for giving uh, us and yourself and uh, the listeners this platform.
0: Oh, my pleasure. Thank you so much for saying that. It means a lot. Thank you. Lot. Well, have a wonderful evening and you let's too. stay in touch. Absolutely. Okay. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening. I hope you enjoyed this week's episode. If you'd like to support the Kids Yoga Podcast, here are a few ways you can do that. Visit www.thekidsyogapodcast.com. Here, you'll see a link to my Patreon page, and you will see different monthly subscriptions which will offer you added benefits. You can also contact me through the website and see all of the episodes that have been released so far. In addition, I truly appreciate those five-star reviews and ratings because it just brings so many more people to the show and it just means the world. So if you feel compelled, a rating and review, and press that subscribe button as well. So if you want to get in touch, shoot me an email, thekidsyogapodcast at gmail.com. You can also follow the Kids Yoga Podcast on Instagram and on Facebook. Again, thank you so much for being here.